Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for... All right, so here we go, folks. We are off once again. Another episode of the Conspiracy Farm. We're no, no, no. We do not find the conspiracies, ladies and gentlemen. We just add a little bit of water. And today, boy, are we going to get an interesting perspective. Are we not, Pat Militich? Who do we have on the horn today? Well, we've got uh, a guy that I've followed for a long time, a guy with a, a very unique skill set, Sonny Pozikas, former Spetsnaz Special Forces operator from Russia, and a guy with a lot of other skills besides that. But but uh, it's going to be an exciting show. A guy with a lot of knowledge, a lot of geopolitical knowledge and insight, as well as as a lot of other other skills. Let's put it that way. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, like you said, it he is former Spetsnaz CEO of Red Force LLC. The guy is, uh, you know, he's a, from what, doing my show research, which I love doing. Man, very humble individual. We're going to get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show, Mr. Sonny Puzikas. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Jeff, and hi, Pat. Thanks for joining us, sir. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. I, I told Pat the other day I'd suggested somebody to have on. He's like, nope, I got this guy to have on. And that's why I love doing this show, man, because somebody I'm not very familiar with. Um, I love just going deep into it, super show prep. And that's what I've done for like the last several hours, sir. Wow. I mean, you've seen a little bit of everything in your life, obviously. Um, if you don't mind, man, before we kind of get into the, the meat and potatoes. Give us a little bit of background, man, where you came from, how you got linked up in with the Spetsnaz, who, like Pat said, is the Russian Special Forces, and just doing a little info on those guys. Wow. How'd you, how'd you get started in this crazy world of violence, Sure. Well, I, I started in this world in 1969. Uh, that's when my parents decided to, to deliver me into this cruel world. Yeah. I was born in uh, Lithuania, which at that point was part of a great old evil empire called Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were, uh, one of the parents Lithuanian, one Russian, so I'm kind of a mud, mixed mixed, mixed blood. And uh, I grew up in the city that had quite a bit of a reputation for being a little bit violent and a little bit of a criminal element present in it. Uh, then because of my mixed blood, I kind of had to uh, deal with a little bit. Lithuanians as a nation uh, are quite a how would I say it politely, nationalistic. <laughs> so uh, I had to deal with a little bit of that growing up, going through school and everything else. And I developed, uh, I guess, at first interest that very, very quickly grew into passion for martial arts. I started training. I know it sounds childish because it was child age. I started training at the age of six. So it has been 41-year journey so far. And uh, as a result of that, I just kind of stayed passionate with it and then uh, joined organization that was called in former Soviet Union, DOSAF, which is voluntary. Uh, I say it with uh, kind of sarcasm, <laughs> a voluntary organization to support Army, Navy, and Air Force, uh, which was, that organization was active in every school. And um, as part of that organization, you participate in all kinds of competition, orienteering, and, and skiing, and running, and uh obstacle courses and you allowed you basically participate in shooting exercises on the military basis so it was always great to skip a biology class and then mm-hmm. and, and go shoot an AK 
And uh, apparently, because I performed pretty well at that place, by the time I was 18, I uh, actually did earn my first black belt in one of martial arts. Uh, once I was called for basic training, uh, shortly thereafter, I was offered to to train and try out for the for the special purpose unit. And talk a little bit about talk talk a little bit about the special forces. I mean, I've seen some films on, and I know a couple guys that are former Spetsnaz guys and I've I've looked at some films on on some of the training and some of the just just to be able to get in what's did you did you also do the is it customary to do the 50k run and then do the sparring with all the instructors after that yeah the sparring is the last stage uh back then the what's what's in Russia is referred to as a Krapovy beret which is the maroon berets which is the the special forces spetsnaz of the ministry of internal affairs were pretty much there uh it, it it was a new thing uh, back then colonel Lisuk, which in, in 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 our uh ministry we called him gently as a as a grandpa uh he started the whole movement that's where the famous unit vitas came from and uh each 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 branch of special forces, whether it was you know airborne or or GRU guys or KGB guys or or MVD guys, they had a little bit different of a of a testing structure. So run could have been you know in 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 by the way, which is the airborne, they did a little bit more running and a little bit less fighting. Uh, for us, it was a little bit less running, a little bit more fighting. Nice. Well, I just the one that I saw, I remember was 50k, which I think if, if I'm right. 30, what is that, 31 miles, 35 miles, something like that. And then, it's about 31, 32 miles, yes. Okay, and then a, and then a brutal beat down afterward. It was, it was amazing. I know, how, I know how tired I am after 31 miles of running. Not, not, uh, not a pleasant experience to have to fight a bunch of tough bastards right after it, let's put it that way. <laughs> I agree, looking back, I probably wouldn't do it again, but back then I did it, so. Yeah, when, when we're young men, we're able to do it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, like I said, I mean, when you get to that elite special forces, you clearly are talking about, you know, the, the, the baddest of the badass. And just looking at your philosophy and, and, and the training you guys do as Spetsnaz, I found your philosophy, sir, so very fascinating. Um, the, the pain element that you guys undergo and just watching a video a little bit ago, it was as far as being a complete fighter, if you will, quote unquote, if you're just focusing on what you can do to other people, you're missing it. So per your getting the shit beat out of you, you guys have that, that or for you, that's a part of your training as well, receiving punishment as well. Speak to that. And if you don't mind, I don't mean to hit you with too much there, but violence versus aggression. Found that very fascinating as well. Speak to that if you don't mind, sir. Sure. Uh, you know, any interaction in life, whether it's violent interaction or, or any other kind of interaction, it's, it's, it's a dance, you know. It's, it's a dance involving minimum of two individuals. And, uh, you know, to overlook what your partner and or your opponent is doing, it's kind of closing your eyes to half of the process, half of the dance. And, you know, at, at the young age, I guess, with, with all the you know, spunk, so to speak, you know, you, you, you maybe always think that's all you're going to do. All that's going to be happening in that exchange is what you're going to do to others. And, uh, very quickly, you know, your first real engagement to find out that, uh, they are very much like to do things to you, <laughs> not pleasant things. And, uh, and I think most of the training at first, when you receive those beat downs, you think, you know, why, why, why is this brutalizing? You think sometimes it is just hazing part or whatnot. And it's not. 
and it's not, you know, they, they actually do it with care. Now, I'm not saying that, yeah, there are some hazing videos out there that is just, it, it, it's a punk-ass attitude. That's all there is to it. But the actual training, yeah, it, it was quite brutal. It was a lot of uh, a lot of pain projected upon the, the participants. And um, it's not, it's not, you know, like some people, you know, <laughs> there's, there's all these... Uh, Big words, big sayings, you know, that uh, Spetsna soldiers are, you know, they don't feel pain. Everybody feels pain. You don't feel pain when you're dead. That Then it's over. Everybody feels pain. Right. I think it's just that what it develops is the certain level of acceptance of pain as a inevitable, you know, inev- in- inevitable part of violence. And uh, as long as you, you never like it. I, I still do after all these years. I don't like it. <laughs> I actually hope never to be in pain again, but every time you train you are and uh, it's just I, I think with acceptance of it at certain level you you become a little bit more objective in, about the process uh, I think your decisions are less less snap decisions and more training based decisions right now as far as the second part of your question you know violence versus aggression you know uh, violence is a process aggression is attitude and and really, if you think about it, violence, you know, I mean, a lot of things in life, one way or the other, they get done through violence or because of violence or threat of it. You know, the way society functions, the way the way the way the, the government controls the, the situation, the laws, the, 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 the police, the, the justice system, it's exactly. threat of violence at the least, if not violence. Uh, Aggression is a different animal altogether, you know. Aggression is imposing your will against without other people's consent. And 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 that to me is probably first sign, first first, you know, check mark on justifying violence in response. Is the aggression. So uh I, I, I kind of oppose to what people say, you know, we have to get rid of violence. No, we, we're never going to get rid of violence, but we have to work on being less aggressive. Right. And what's your what's your interpretation of uh, a violent response to aggression? Do you I mean, you, you see, you know, the politically correct situation here in America where it's, um, you know, police have to follow the use of force continuums, can't escalate higher than necessarily what. You know the attacker is is you know imposing on them things like that. I, I've dealt with that for a, a lot of years, obviously training law enforcement and military. But you know my mindset has always been, and because of the everybody has a cell phone with a camera on it and all this sort of stuff, has kind of forced them to go to this with all the lawsuits and and all the other garbage. But you know when I when I train law enforcement, you know I say, look, when somebody puts your their hands on a law enforcement officer or anyone else for that matter. You don't know what they're intending to do to you, so your response has to be justified in your mind um, and on paper, obviously, for law enforcement on how you how you react, right? You know, there's there's I think this is this this issue has multiple multiple sides to it. You know, first first of all, you know, we have to realize one way whether you pro police, anti police. You know, what I mean, with all the current events and, and and the way the way things are getting out of control, there's big debate. Now, if you're pro-police or anti-police, regardless of it, you know, what is, what is law enforcement? What is law enforcement? Uh, law enforcement is, uh, is the arm of the government, okay? Who pays for it? 
as citizens. Uh, most of them not voluntarily. Now, do they have a tough job? Yes. Did anyone force them to do that job? No, they took upon that job voluntarily. Some of them to, to, to truly help people. Some of them, and I hate to say it, but because of hiring practices lately in law enforcement and all that stuff, it's not people that care, but I, probably I would suspect a lot of guys that were bullet in school and now they have a badge and a gun. You know, so the quality of law enforcement out there is, I, I would submit it's not getting any higher. Right. Of the personnel. Then look at the training. You know, we, we're laughing at European countries, how, you know, how brainwashed they are and all that stuff, but pretty much in most of the countries in Europe, uh, to become a police officer, you have to undergo training that's certainly much longer than what it is here in the United States. Now, as far as the use of force, you know, I think that the, the higher level of training you have, the less force you will use. Great point. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's my belief. And, and I think Part of it is the mentality being being uh, nourished within the law enforcement, and that's a result also of a lot of stuff because there's a lot of animosity towards law enforcement. Media works into it. Uh, law enforcement is not is, is not unguilty party in it either. Yeah, you know there's 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 very much uh, mob mentality. You know we all bleed blue when when any police officer gets killed, and you see very often people justifying no matter what. So it's kind of like belonging to political party and, and, and nobody gives a crap if, if, if your guy screws up and makes a mistake, but because I support Republicans or Democrats, I'm going to wave the flag regardless. Right. You know, ob objectivism, is, objectivism has been pushed out of, out of the way in lieu of, uh, I don't know, loyalty? Loyalty to what? You know? we so law enforcement responding to violence is, is, is one thing, but they do have responsibilities. Not only law enforcement, they also, one of their motives is what, protect and serve, correct? Right. right. Well, something you mentioned in a video, I mean, I, I kind of you had just mentioned a second ago, I think there's kind of is just generally in society and even the world a hypocrisy on how uh, violence is applied, if you will. A, a perfect example is you were talking about, and we, me and Pat have talked about it many times, you know, the men in our world just seem like there's a huge emasculation going on in a certain situation like a, like a, a playground or something. If a young man sees a girl being, you know, aggressed upon by a man, you know, and he steps in, sometimes there's consequences. He gets in trouble for doing what oftentimes men are supposed to do, you know, step in, stop the aggression, protect the woman. But that's, that's you know, frowned upon when, like you said, everywhere else in the world, it seems like through via government, global governments, they their first thing is when there's a disagreement, apply violence, military, etc. It seems very hypocritical, you know what I mean? It is very hypocritical. I think I think there's, I don't know if it's by design, I don't know if it's just, just the way the process has evolved, but uh, manhood... As, as I understood it when I was growing up and all that stuff, is being frowned upon. It's, it's being a man, being a protector, being a, a, you know, all the things that man's supposed to be, at least the way I understood it, at least the way I was taught and what I saw in the old Soviet Union, that is no longer the way that's acceptable. And, and young boys are being basically hammered for that stuff. Hammered. And then their parents hammered because parents are being embarrassed in front of other parents because society is becoming, quote-unquote, polite society, which is, you know, we will accept certain things, don't accept other things, based on my political, religious views, or anything else, and, and objectivism is gone. It's all labels, and it's all, 
you know, <laughs> let's let's this is this is the new trend. You know, boys should not be. You know, if someone assaults the girl or whatnot, don't get involved. Call the police. Police will handle it. Right. We are teaching men to become babies that rely on the big brother and big brother being government or teachers in school or whatever else. Okay. We're teaching people no longer be able to be self-sufficient. Not a good direction, in my opinion. No, not good at all. And I think, you know, in America, I remember it starting in gym classes where, I mean, we used to do judo in Bettendorf, Iowa, where I grew up. Uh, that was one of the electives for the boys to do, you know, other things that were, you know, rougher, rougher activities for, for gym class. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, we're doing square dancing and a bunch of other garbage, um, that the, that, that, and, and, it, and, and I'm being totally honest that the, that the liberals who got into the state of Iowa Department of Education started overriding, uh, a good friend of mine, um, Dr. Ed Thomas, who was head of, uh, physical readiness for the United States Army. He did three tours in Vietnam as a tunnel rat and one of the most knowledgeable guys in functional fitness in the world. And he he and other people that knew what true fitness was and how to get children truly fit and capable to do any sport or any job um, with the mentality of, you know, the, the, the old German way with the Turner Halls of creating a generation of of basically warriors that could defend your country if they had to. Uh, into this politically correct nightmare that we're living today, and it, it's it started it started when I was a kid, and it's it's gotten progressively worse. I, I'm sorry, I, I agree with you. You know, it's 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 watching now that the, the new generation of young boys, teenagers coming up. It's it's every now and then I do see some you know a father or a mother bring a young boy and they call me. They go like, "Is it okay? He's 18 if he attends your course." You know, you talk to the young man and you attend and you go like, okay, there is a hope, but that's one in a thousand. Right. You know, well, and, and overall, you look at the gathering of young people in the mall where they're wasting time or, or, or anything else and, and the way they dress, the way they act, the way they talk, you know, they see something, some violence, some aggression going on towards somebody, 20 of the so-called males standing around filming and not doing anything, not saying a word. It's sad world. Yes, it is. I mean, my my daughters who are, I've got three daughters, one's three and a half, but my two oldest, 14 and 12, are more physically fit than the boys in their schools, or a lot of them anyway. At least my my 12-year-old set the record for the seventh grade push-up contest, and she's (laughs) a girl. I I hate push-ups, but I appreciate the value of push-ups. And, you know, and my... my, (laughs) Well, it comes with, they're both competitive swimmers. They swim all year round for a, their coach is a former Navy SEAL. He pushes them to the limit every day. And that's what I wanted for my kids. I want them to be able to take care of themselves. I teach them how to box. I teach them Muay Thai. I teach them grappling. And they're going to start learning weapons. I mean, they already, they already know how to operate a, a bow and, uh, you know, they'll start on pistol and, and rifle here soon. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's good to hear. That's, that's the way people should be raising their kids. Right. Yes. Yes, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. Well, and Sonny, you alluded to you. You know, one of your first things was like, I don't know if this is by design. And you know, as a co-host of the Conspiracy Farm, I definitely think it's by design. I think it's being socially engineered that way. Like Pat says, for a very long time, and you see the, you know, the, the sedentary lives of these kids. Like you just climb a tree. What the heck is that? Like go outside. Like it's just completely night and day from even my childhood. It's just like. uh 
It's crazy. So I think it's interesting when we see this civil unrest going on, and Pat and I have talked about it, and a lot of people talk about this Antifa crew that are, you know, throwing firecrackers at people, et cetera. I'm not <laughs> condoning the violence, but I'm just saying when they run into some real Spartan hardcore cats who know what's up, it's just going to be – it'll be super ugly, and I really, really hope it doesn't get to that point. But, uh, like, the men, uh, it's just it, – it's tough, man, because you just see, like you said, it's just an epidemic you know the, the the incentive to to be a to be a for lack of a better term, pardon my language, a pussy, or to not stand up. It's uh it's it's everywhere. Dude. It's crazy. Well, you think of, think it's of the corrosive. percentage of think of the think of the percentage of young men out there these days who even know what it's like to get punched. The, the no, tiny they don't. Percentage. They don't. They have they have no the clue. Majority what it's thing like. that they absolutely unaware of the concept. They will cheer when the you know whoever was labeled a Nazi or a Trump supporter or whatever else they don't like. They will cheer when that person gets pummeled, you know. But God forbid violence comes their way. Right, right. So let's. I'd like to switch subjects a little bit. And, um, Sonny, tell us a little bit about you know if you can. I don't even know what you can talk about uh, your history with special forces in Russia. What some of the stuff you dealt with, whether it was anti-terrorism stuff or you know, the, the activity that went down in Chechnya or, or Georgia or any of the other countries. I'm not sure when you made it over here to the United States. Uh, mainly it was, again, the, the, the you know, the, the, the catchphrase that was used was uh, counter-terror operations, counter-resurgency operations. Uh, we mainly worked uh, within the borders of the uh, Soviet Union back then. In the late 80s, early 90s, there were a lot of uh, different... Uh, I would just say uh, ethnic conflicts happening in uh, mainly in the southern parts of then Soviet Union. Uh, some of it in Caucasus region. Uh, one of the areas was Nagorno-Karabakh, which was the conflict between Armenians and Azerbaijanis. Right. Uh, one one nation is Christian, one is Muslim. Uh, Nahichevan is the other area. Uh, there were some things going in. Uh, actually, no, it's pretty no, now it's pretty known area called Abkhazia, which was part of Georgia. Uh, back then, uh, and then also in the Central Asian republics, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, which are right on the border with Afghanistan. Uh, there were a lot of uh, ethnic conflicts and ethnic cleansing and, and things like that going on. So we were being, our unit alongside many other units, were being thrown around into those uh, internal hotspots. Same right. areas where we see stuff going on, uh, as we're going to get into it, as they as NATO encircles Russia. Same Same countries, essentially. Yep. Yeah. So tell you know I wanted to go to kind of some specific situations. You know, with, with uh, the tragedy at Beslan. You know, my my one of my best friends who's been in law enforcement for a lot of years, and and in terms of United States law enforcement, he's probably one of the highest uh, highest trained guys I've ever met. Um, he was top ten in the world in mixed martial arts. Uh, very good with his hands. Can can grapple. Very good. Uh, great striker. Great shooter. Tactics guy, SWAT SWAT guy. I mean, he's he's really done a lot of different stuff, and and he wanted to be the best. He wanted to be the best at all of that stuff, and and so he's very very skilled. But he's the guy when Veslon happened, who started showing me all this stuff with the um, the radicals and what was going on. But maybe you could talk a little bit about Veslon and how bad that was, and how bad things can get. You know, as as you know, in Europe where they they know that they're letting these these Islamists in. And here in America, potentially, what we could deal with, how bad it could really get. Yeah. 
Well, let's let's look at it like this. Uh, in Beslan, there were 40 bad guys. Mind you, 40 well-trained bad guys. These were not your run-of-the-mill, you know, grab the guy from the wolf from the little village in the mountains, give him an AK and RPG-7, and let's go F some things up. Right. You know, these were all combat, combat veterans of uh, both Chechen wars. Uh, quite a few of them have been have traveled to places like Bosnia, Kosovo, Afghanistan. Uh, not only trained, they actually were combat vets with, right. with, with, with lives on their, on their list and so forth and so forth. Uh, another thing, uh, you know, it's debatable and, and it's a separate discussion, but, uh, a lot of them have a much higher willingness to die for the cause. Yeah. You know, so now you're looking at, uh, 40 well-trained guys, uh, with preset weapons, with plenty of explosives, uh, holding thousand plus hostages. Okay. Uh, obviously, I read a lot of critique about how Russians conducted the operation. What's what's the reason for 300 plus victims and, and how many children were killed and so forth and so forth. Uh, remember Mumbai, right in India? Yeah. How many guys were How many guys were involved in that? What were there about? Very few. Were there ten? About ten or so? No, I believe it was six guys or eight. Seven. Okay. Something like that. It was under ten. Uh, how many people died over the period of what two days or three days that they basically ravaged that whole huge city? Mm-hmm. I don't remember the numbers. Yeah, I think it was like 260 or, or 180. Some were, numbers were significant. Numbers were significant. Right. You know, uh, 9/11 again is a big debatable issue and all that stuff. What 19 people did? How much damage? Quite a bit. And, you know, yeah. and armed with what? With the with the box cutters. Right. So, you know, my big question to all the all the Monday Monday night quarterbacks is 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 this. Please show me law enforcement agency in US, any federal level, anything else, that could have handled the situation with forty trained, armed, equipped, willing to die, people that have thousand hostages herded into one place strapped with explosives. Right. It ends bad either way. The building was wired and everything. Yes. You know, they had snipers, they they, they they had everything set up. This was a no-win situation. It was strictly a game of numbers. Strictly a game of numbers. How many will die? How many we can save? Were right. mistakes made? Absolutely. Is that situ- is situation like that resolvable without huge, tragic mistakes? Never. You know, there, there, there's too many factors that you cannot predict. Mistakes will be made. Someone will drop the ball. Sometimes the, the the decision will come 30 seconds too late. Sometimes the decision will be not exactly what's needed. It's human nature. It's human nature. There are emotions involved. Uh, yes, sometimes there are career moves involved. Sometimes there are interagency things involved. You know, all the stuff that we deal with in a regular life, now you're putting that in a very confined space. You're putting it in a very confined time with the violence that's going to cause the hundreds, if not thousands of people to die. What do you think it will result in? Yeah. No so the, situation. So, sure. and, and I think the the thing to be highlighted here is that this level of of just sheer extremism, they do not care about the innocent, the children, you know, the the nightmare that that was over there, that that's, that's what we potentially could deal with here. 
No, Jeff, I mean, and, and, and look, you know, just recently on social media, they started circulating the videos from Syria of, you know, organ harvesting and things like that. I, I, what a nightmare, Sonny. You got, I mean, that, that video, um, I was up all night. I was so pissed off. So yeah, you, don't, don't, please don't gloss over that. I didn't watch it, but what, what, say, say that again. Say that again, please. You want me to say it? Well, just attempt Sonny or somebody explain what you just said. Organ, organ harvesting from ISIS. Explain that. Put it in context, so please. Organ, har organ harvesting is an old business. Organ harvesting is something that's been happening since 80s, possibly before. It was happening in Chechnya. It was happening in Bosnia. It was happening in Kosovo. It's happening to a certain degree in certain African countries. There, there, there are stuff happening in Peshawar in Pakistan. You know, now it's in Syria. Okay, organ harvesting is very simple business. There are <laughs> many people, most of them in Western countries, willing to pay top dollar for organs that are needed to sustain or maintain their life. That okay. go beyond being on some list, some medical list, or you know, a liver, you know, your way beyond, way beyond, way beyond. The supply of those organs is very, very short. Okay, some people that uh, moral code is obviously very different from ours saw a huge business opportunity because you can sell kidney for about 50, I don't know, $80,000. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the thing about it is that for that organ to be viable, it has to be removed from a living human being. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And it's being done to children in Syria. Yeah. It's a nightmare, dude. It's a nightmare. It's not. Uh, it's, it's not a. It's not a big news. Our politicians that 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 talk crap. That that you know, Mister. Excuse my language. F and McCain and all that stuff. You think they don't know about it? They do know about it. Yeah. And this is where we, Sonny. That you know, in this video, so our listeners understand um, how graphic this is. There were toddlers with their chests carved open, laid tables, and uh, with their organs removed. And they had a little three to four year old girl up on a table getting ready to do the same thing to her. And she, she, no, listen, she realized after seeing the other toddlers' bodies what was about to happen to her. And the terror in her screams and in her eyes were absolutely horrible to see. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, I mean, that video there made me say to myself, I, I want to start a freaking nonprofit just for the sole purpose of hunting these assholes down. Just, just you for the purpose. What? I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about catching them and prosecuting them. I'm talking about killing these assholes globally. What's to, what's what's there to prosecute? There's nothing there to prosecute. This is this is this this is a virus that needs to be eliminated. It's as simple as Absolutely. that. There is no discussion. There is nothing. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I, 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 I Americans, wish Sonny, Americans, Americans can't money. comprehend. Americans cannot comprehend the level of evil that is out there. They don't get it. Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously there is no hard data because this is obviously very much a uh, subdued in a sense operation that it's, uh, you know, <laughs> they obviously try to keep it hush-hush for obvious reasons. Uh, but uh, in certain circles, I can tell you that the guess is that over 50% of those organs do travel to United States of America. Right. Yes, they do. So that's that. Yeah. And people that do that and that buy those organs and that put in their patients, they know it. This is not unknown to them. So evil exists here. It's not just over there. Right. Whoa. How's how's that how's that chunk of steak and bone to swallow there, 
Jeffrey. Jiminy Christmas. I thought I thought Josh Howitt, another guest, was bad with the rebels in Africa having baby catching parties on their bayonets. That's well, that's it's the same level of evil though. Wow. Right? Same level of evil globally. Well, so go ahead, Pat. Go ahead. I need to get. Well, I mean, we we can we can switch subjects because. Well, no, because I, 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 I have a question that's. <laughs> I have a question. No, I have a question that's in the same vein, Sonny. But so I mean, not even really segueing. So Pat and I talk all the time on the show. Even when we first started after World War II, there was an operation called Operation Mockingbird. Basically, CIA, NSA's operation to control the media. So now everybody knows kind of what that is, and they're calling it "quote unquote" fake news. And it's been going on for a very long time, but everybody thinks they're now hip to it because the guy they didn't like is now in the Oval Office. So we see it all the time, the spin doctors, the fake news, all of it going on. What they're trying to – General Wesley Clark years ago, I don't know if you knew this, said they're going to take out X amount of countries in X amount of years, and they're pretty much done doing it. They need, I think, Iran, and Syria is one of them, and I believe North Korea. So Syria now is in the sights of, of the globalists, if you will, and we're hearing these stories of how Assad's gassing his own people, etc., um, we know Russia is affiliated with Syria, and I, I sh I'm sure you know, because I've heard you speak about it, how the globalists, the West, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, fund ISIS and keep this shit going. What do you see from your perspective, the Russian perspective, and even the news, Russian collusion, all of this going on to undermine Putin, in my opinion, and, and the larger geopolitical thing encircle Russia, what's going on in Syria? And this agenda of encircling Russia, undermining Trump, undermining Putin, what's going on? I think Syria is second to the last battlefield before the only thing standing in the in the way of the agenda is Russia. Uh, North Korea, I don't consider that too serious. I mean, it's it, it's kind of more on the wacky side. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Syria and Iran are two battlefields left. When Syria goes, guaranteed, Iran is next. Guaranteed. And Putin knows it. And Putin knows it. Uh, that's why the way Russia took the stand there is what it is. Because obviously with Iran, this would be a much, much bigger smoke and, and, and fire. Much bigger. Is this about terror or is this about energy, resources, pipelines through Syria, going through the Caucasus, etc., etc.? Currency. Petrodollar. Petrodollar. Right. That's what it's all about. Yep. And terror is being, I mean, even though like legitimate Islamic terrorism is real, it is being funded, used as a proxy to destabilize. Absolutely. It's just, it's just a pawn to be used. It's not about that, you know, these people love the terrorists or they subscribe to Wahhabi views or they like organ harvesting or anything else. This is a tool to be used. Right. A tool that cannot be, that cannot be directly linked yet. <laughs> yet to right. to any of the globalist organizations governments or whatnot well what i it's, it's, it's a it's a tool of convenience yeah and what i've what i've set and pounded pounded into people's heads you know the picture of john mccain four years ago whatever it was meeting with you know these free syrian army members representatives mm -hmm. in syria in that picture is look i've looked at it a million times and it's baghdadi Without the, without the Mr. beard and the long hair, it's Baghdadi it's, sitting in that room with is, him. It is Mr. al-Baghdadi, yes. Absolutely. And so McCain went over to facilitate the arming of ISIS to funds, funnel money through NATO into their hands and, and weapons and get this whole thing started. And I sit there and I, I say again, 
why doesn't the media, the Western media, talk about who's doing the banking for ISIS when they're selling oil over there? Why would Mr. Western media talk about it? Why, why, exactly. why do you think it would be in their interest? Because who controls the Western media? It's the same people. Right. Yeah. Western the, media is not the media. American Western media is a propaganda hand of the globalists. That's what it is. Yeah. And I sit there and I, t- you, you just look at liberals who are, are sold lock, stock, and barrel on the mainstream media's story and agenda, and, and you just shake your head at them and go, I, I can't help you, dude. If you can't see through this, I mean, Sonny, I got punched in the head for 20 years and I can see it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Actually, maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why you can see it. Most of them, they haven't been punched. Their brains went to, their, their brains are jello. It, it's actually not brain. It's not about being able to see. It's not wanting to see because people, people, people became loyal to ideas. People became loyal to agendas, to, to dogmas. And, and you know, the, comfortable. And, you know, the amazing thing about this episode, Sonny, is having you on here, former Spetsnaz Special Forces Russian uh, military high-level high operator and now living in the United States, that we're, we're, we're potentially, by the liberals, all going to be marked as Russian spies, which I kind of <laughs> like. Actually, I think by the virtue of you talking to me, you already put yourself on the list. So congratulations. <laughs> well, we, we, well, we've had on a couple. We had a uh, former counter, uh, deputy director of counterintelligence for the FBI, Dave Zadie, which I think could have uh, assisted with that as well. Um, so speaking a little bit to, to, the, to this Russian stuff, obviously, in my opinion, what's going on with this Russian information is all a psyop. It's all part of this Mockingbird's news. You know, for people now, again, we're very selectively butthurt over here in the West. For us to now be so smart geopolitically talking about interference in elections, it really just reeks of our ignorance of the last maybe 100 years because you go around the world, we've rigged elections, we've assassinated leaders domestically, you know, internationally. But people just, you know, kind of throw that out the window because supposedly now it's 1980 again and Russia's the bad guy. What are your thoughts on this? Is this all part of the extension of the demonized Putin um, my cat's walking on my computer. Um, that's exactly what it is. In circle, exactly yeah. That's what it is. And I tell you what, okay, if if I'm looking, I'm not a psyops, you know, uh, specialist or whatnot. But but just on the on a very basic rudimentary level of I don't know the third grader, I'm thinking this. So Putin wants Trump to be elected. What would Putin do to help Trump? Actually, he would talk shit about Trump because Americans don't want to hear a Russian commie, former former KGB officer, to tell him what to do. If he were right. to help Trump, he would be talking good about Hillary, which would make Americans to go like, oh, there's a collusion between Hillary and Putin. That's what would help Trump be elected. No, Putin was very open from the get-go that he prefers Trump. This is the reason why, because he's not quite interested in starting World War III, which after <laughs> missile attack against Syria, I'm kind of questioned that for a while, but we'll see where that goes. Of course, yeah. You know, and, uh, my, and Sonny, my, my whole theory on that, uh, the Tomahawk cruise missiles, you know, think about it. This is the way I, this is the way I see through all of that. Um, you know, Trump makes them call ahead to the Russians and say, Hey, look, there's 69 Tomahawk cruise missiles headed to this base. If you got people there, you might want to put them on trucks and get them out of there. Then the Russians say to the Syrians on the same base, hey, trucks are leaving. You might want to be on them. And so they all leave. No casualties. They put some holes in some in some runways. Nothing seriously done. But Trump now has the globalists at least off balance thinking that he's 
working on their behalf. Is that is you know would what? You say I, that that's I, very I, accurate? I I hope I hope that that's the case. That this was done for the domestic consumption. I think and, that's and, 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 and and not for US to get involved deeper into Syrian conflict. So I hope so. I haven't seen the proof one way or the other and probably we never will, but I hope that's the case. So far nothing followed after that. Yeah. The, I, I at least I haven't heard about any deeper involvement of US and, 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 and so forth. So let's I, hope Putin I, I feels will that way too. This let's, hope, of hope. let's hope Putin has that same perspective. He understands it's kind of a, a, a domestic like I said, for for our own uh you know, like you said, he's playing the you know, 4D chess a little bit. You know, as much as, 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 as Putin is disliked by now liberals, funny enough, because before then he was disliked by conservatives when, when, when Obama was in the office. It, it, it's interesting how that shift happens, you know. But anyway, I think Putin is the best thing that happened to America because he's a pragmatic. He's a very pragmatic leader. He has. Right. He's. He's not making any decisions on the spot. No snap decisions. No responses right. out of emotion, anger, or anything else. We yeah. actually should be very thankful that Putin is president of that country. Yeah, and I. I see, you know, with with Obama being a globalist puppet, you know, the hatred there between Obama and Putin, you know, was palpable. Where now, whether you know Trump and Putin even like each other, probably don't necessarily like each other, but they respect each other because they're kind of on the same team fighting the globalists, right? I would hope so that Trump is on that team. I have no doubt that Putin is part of that team. That's why he's so hated by so many. And that's why so much things are being said about that. I hope Trump joins that team. I mean, the whole nine yards. Full on. But like I hope I, so he does. I, I And I do too, man. And I, I didn't vote for Trump. I'm not, I'll say it again. I really voted. For, I, I liked him because of his not starting wars off of horse shit and lies like that's been going on for the last, you know, 80 years. And we'll, I, I judge a tree by its fruit, man. Like that, that strike on Syria was bad mojo for me. And then to see this people who he's surround himself with, which I know it's hard to, you know, really drain the swamp, as it were, and kind of not have professional bureaucrats around you. So some of the people that are around him, it's a little disconcerting as it relates to, um, you know, this, this McMasters. Like the, some of these guys are some hawks, yeah. man. So I'm, I'm really kind yeah. of worried. Uh, like I said, we'll see. Time will tell. That's for sure. Yep. I just wish people, like, listening to you and listen to this, I wish, I, I had this presumption that people see through CNN like nobody's business, but they don't. There are people who, like, lock stock with that stuff. And like Pat says, the moment we pointed out, we're crazy. They've almost literally inverted reality, Sonny. And it is, it's so frustrating, man, because there's so much at stake. And it really does freak me out that they're going to start another war that could really escalate to something huge. But even on another level, man, look at how many just innocent people have been killed for this insane agenda of, you know, global hegemony. I don't know. I mean, we can start counting. I don't know which year we would start. But yeah, exactly. let's, 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 leave, let's, let's leave Vietnam. Let's leave everything else. Let's start, let's say, somewhere in the 80s, right? And here we go, you know, Afghanistan, what happened there, all, all the stuff that turned out to be, to, to start happening in Kashmir, then everything in Balkans, right? Uh, How many lives? South America, Central America, Panama, Africa, yeah. absolutely, it's yeah. insane. And then, we, and then we get to big birds, the Iraq. Yeah. Right? What, what, what was it, million, million and a half? I don't know. I mean, who cares, really? You know, I think it was Joseph Stalin who said, you know, one death is a tragedy, thousand is a statistic. Yeah, that's the truth. And you know, when we when we fast forward to all the all the not the mainstream media news breaking, they're trying to cover uh, with this 
the stuff going on with Trump releasing secret, top secret info to the Russians in a meeting <laughs> in the Oval Office comes out, comes out literally releases one hour after we find out that Seth Rich was in contact with WikiLeaks and sent them 44,000 emails from the DNC. And there, now we know Seth Rich, a DNC insider, a staffer, was Russia. Yeah, that, that, that's who Russia that, was, and he ended up getting a bullet in the back of the head for it. And yeah. the mainstream media won't report it at all. They have to cover their tracks at this point. No, that look look, look at, at the kicker now. You know, if if you log into Facebook now, and if you have any liberal friends, go onto their freaking Facebook pages and see what they say about that. You know. Classified information leak that happened in the in the in the in the in the Oval Office the next day after the commie got fired. They're dimwits. You know, I've read them all. They're complete you know, dimwits. Three people in the room. They said no information was leaked. Washington Post cannot provide one single proof of information other than saying former and current officials. That's their source. Yeah, I think That's their source, their source. Lied. Yeah, there's, I think their source lied to him. That's what I'm saying. Somebody close Here's to Trump right. gave that tip to Washington, to the Washington Post. He's got too many Judases around him, man. I think. Somebody no, he, <laughs> I think. I think. I'm telling you. Uh, now I'm going to roll the dice on this one, but I think that Trump did this whole thing and allowed this to happen um, because Reince Priebus is is the worm. Reince Priebus. Reince Priebus is the weasel that that uh, that's the person that's going next. We shall see. I, I mean, obviously, you know, the inner workings of the Oval Office are, are definitely above our pay grade, but uh, it, it is fun to watch and try to guess. <laughs> well, I mean, Sonny, the last administration's inner workings was not above our pay grade. Right. Yeah, do that. <laughs> well, Sonny, were you aware of that, that, that Seth Rich, the guy who Pat just alluded to, the DNC guy who was, you know, Russia, essentially? Had you heard about that? Uh, no, I wasn't. No, okay. Yeah. So I mean, that that was pretty huge because he pretty much was the one who shed all the light on basically the huge theft of the the Democratic nomination from Bernie Sanders, um, and uh, literally another guy. You know, not to get too far off topic, but another guy who uh, submitted a subpoena to this woman called Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the head of the DNC and the DNC itself. He was on video, uh, sub, uh, whatever, giving a subpoena to those guys, their office few days later found dead on his bathroom floor the guy's name is Sean Lucas and these all happened within a few weeks of each other this past summer so yeah man they you know they were they were stacking bodies leading up to this election so none of it made it to CNN did it, it of they, not. they did but they well, of course it was you know he just died of natural causes and suicide that of course everyone gets suicided you know you shoot yourself twice with a shotgun I'm waiting yeah, for the rich family. out of the window Right. The rich, the, the you know the thing is the rich family had to hire a private investigator to look into his death and all the other stuff surrounding it uh, because the the DC police weren't doing anything about it. They basically had an order to stand down because they they basically said it was um, a robbery when nothing was taken. So this private investigator was hired and he's the guy that turned up the forty four thousand emails that were sent out and and some other information. That guy's next on on the hit list by the DNC or Clintons or whoever's whoever's coming for him. That guy better be watching his six. Yeah, that guy better move quickly and far. Yeah. Well, it's just so. this world of, I mean, nothing's new under the sun, man. I mean, I'm sure you're probably a history guy, Sonny. This stuff's been going on, you know, for ages. You know, war, you know, power, politics is power, death, treachery, 
You know, it's just, uh, I don't know. Like you said about, you know, life. Yeah, I heard one of your quotes again. Life is essentially endless conflict. You're never going to get to the spot where you're never challenged or, you know, conflict is not around. You just got to, you know, how you respond to it. I just find it infuriating when, when you know, the, 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 the leaders, quote unquote, you know, they, they use the term American people with their big eyes expressing how we are the, 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 you know, the church of the freedom, democracy and everything decent. And we teach other countries what to do, what not to do. And when you look at stuff that we just talked about, exactly, which is small parts of what's going on at us, and we go like, are we in position to lecture others? And you just use the perfect word, frustrating. It's insane. And people's ignorance, meaning uninformed of history, is how it goes down. You and I, we just all articulated for the last 30 minutes some of the darkest shit our government has perpetrated in our name. But when you bring it up to people, you know, like Pat's even said before, people just don't get it. They don't they don't see the dark, the depths of the darkness necessarily. Well, and what's well, in, in, the... in my case, they will tell me to move that back to Russia if I don't like it. Either. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and what's what's written on all the bombs that we drop is is what it's you need more democracy. Yep. When we you know, don't even that's... have it here, just based on that alone, like democracy is not even in the Constitution. It's a constitutional republic. But, yeah, we go right. around talking about something. You guys need something that we don't even have. Um, something you said, man, and it's like, and it was a, another great quote. Sorry to hit you with your own quotes, but it's never one big motion, never one big move. It's a boiling frog, and you called it it's a death by a thousand cuts. And I think that's so dope, and that's exactly what's going on, man. We're just slowly, slowly being bled and and almost refusing bandages. Nope, nope, nope. I want to keep it bleeding. You know, shows like this, yeah. any information to try to illuminate, to try to get people out of their trance, if you will. We're just crazy. You know, we're just kooks. We're just kooks, conspiracy theorists, and <laughs> uh, and so forth. And uh, you know what? But 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 here's the thing. I don't know how much hope there is, but. I do see the increasing number of people actually listening to things like that, looking into things like that, reading it, sharing it. You know, yeah. yes, some of it is out of whack. Some of it is somewhere in the middle. Some of it is, you know, basically softer paraphrased mainstream media stuff. Sure. But I think people are starting to, at least to some degree, there is, there is the itch. There is the itch to find something outside of mainstream. Now, do you think... How do you think this all ends here, at least in America? I mean, do we, you know, thank God Trump was elected, because if Clinton was elected, we know there would have been a no-fly zone over Sirius, a Russian fighter jet would have got shot down, all hell would have broke loose. I mean, uh, the things with Ukraine, which, you know, the just just the fact that a, the, a former global banker, a central banker was elected, or not elected, put in place as a temporary leader of the Ukraine, shows that the EU and the, and the um, European bankers were the ones responsible for funding and, and overthrowing the, the situation in Ukraine. But I mean, yeah, how does it was kind of funny? How does this, that, uh, how do you see this? Biden's son. <laughs> yeah. How do you see this all playing out though, Sonny, with, with the, the serious situation we've got, you know, people don't realize how bad things could get. And I think will get here domestically in the United States with all these um, Soros funded groups going out, causing problems uh, blocking traffic, burning buildings, doing everything else. I mean, at what point does it does it go up domestically or potentially globally? You know, uh, I'll be blunt with you, Pat, and, and here's what I think. I would rather see, and I hope it happens, another revolution in this country than a life-ending global event. Right, yeah. America, America will come back from another revolution. New I agree with you. Better. 
America will come back. It will be red, it will be bloody, it will be not nice, but America will come back. There is no comeback from a nuclear war. There is none. Right. Good point, good point. For none of, for none of us. For none of us. Yeah. You know, uh, and I don't believe elections are anymore a tool to change anything in this country. Uh, well, yeah, I think Trump election is definitely, hands down, <laughs> you know, a better choice than what we had as the alternative choice. And uh, the way me and my girlfriend call it, we say, you know, at the very least, hopefully this bought us four more years. Right. Yeah. A, a bit of a so, stay of execution, if you will, yeah. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, i just like to say, you know, thank you for all your insight, number one. And two, you know, before we let you go, we'd like to let you tell our listeners about, you know, the programs that you have, your website, your company, everything else, so that uh, so that people can look you up. Okay, well, uh, my website is very easy, sunnypuzikas.com. <laughs> uh, I also have a couple uh, social media uh, outlets, so to speak, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, on YouTube, it's called uh, Forward Training. I have a channel where I sometimes put some training advice videos, sometimes some political angry rants and, and things like that. Mm. Um, we don't do that. that no, no, you guys don't, obviously. <laughs> uh, I, I do travel uh, every now and then around the country, sometimes internationally, teaching uh, different topics, uh, seminars, classes, workshops, lectures. Uh, every now and then I get asked to, to, to consult and even show my ugly face in some movie projects. And uh, so I, I'm not hard to find. Uh, right. And where's your, where's, your, where's your home base and where you do your training down there? Uh, home base for right now is in Dallas, Texas. Okay. It's in Dallas, Texas. Uh, most of my training is done through through out of out of town, so to speak, seminars and and, and training events. Uh, but I do have a uh, local training available as well for folks in Dallas area. And uh, I'm about to. I'm well, not about to, but in the process of of kind of structuring it and and putting the structure for some. Uh, uh, subscription-based streaming video training uh, that's awesome internet. and uh, so we'll see where it goes from there beautiful well I do I do shows in Dallas about four times a year so I've got to look you up now that I know you're in Dallas I, I wasn't 100% sure where you actually were so now that I know you're there I want to come down and, yeah, and stay a couple extra absolutely. days absolutely absolutely we, 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 we should we should have some you know sweet iced tea or beer I don't know if you drink so <laughs> <laughs> sweet awesome. iced tea it is sweet iced tea it is <laughs> Sweet ice theory. See, you being politically correct. That's nice. <laughs> hey, well, thanks again, Sonny, dude. This has been awesome. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. All right, Pat, Jeff, thank you for having me. Sonny Puzikas, ladies and gentlemen. Again, man, I echo the sentiments. Thank you so very much for your time, brother. Stay safe. I hope we stay safe after this uh, conversation here. But <laughs> it has absolutely been my pleasure, man. You are a very fascinating individual. And uh, continued success, my friend. All right, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. God bless. All right, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. There will be more.